tell me one thing, Burke? You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. It's just one of those things managed to wipe out my entire crew in less than 24 hours. And if the colonists have found that ship, then there's no telling how many of them have been exposed. Do you understand? I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, fuck that thing. Let's fight it. Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, is brought to you by the generous support of our incredible patrons. To learn more, please visit www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Tell them the whole place has gone toxic. Are you kidding? Then they won't come here. The rescue team will turn back. All right. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast slash videocast. It's our second video. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> um, and we are here to discuss a pretty hot topic in our fandom, the alien fandom, but also uh, general fandom. What's And there's a lot going on. And uh, we felt like it was time to address a topic uh, that's really divisive and something that's happening uh, and that's really fandom toxicity. And it's not just, it wasn't just, it's not just found in the Alien series and or the Alien fandom. It's everywhere. It's explosive. It's all over. It's like an infection right now. And it's always sort of been there. Um, but now it's at fever pitch and we feel like it's time to address it. So that's what we're here to do. Totally, totally. You could even say it's a, it's a hot toxic <laughs> I'm a dad. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it, it really is. It's something we're all dealing with on so many different fronts right now. Uh, before we get into it, I just want to point out for people. So this is our first. This is the first time we're really trying a video episode, you know, uh, proper. And just it, the setup was so funny because we're both like running around. I'm like checking my light. I'm like we're like really being so careful, trying to get the microphone and the frame properly. And it's so funny the different considerations that come into play when you're doing a video episode versus an audio episode. So this is all to say um, we're obviously not we haven't done this before, but we're going to try to make it as professional as it can be, totally. and hopefully do more of this in the future. But yeah, I, I think this is really worth um, addressing as a as a as an issue. Um, I, I, for those of you who might have missed pre- on previous episodes when we've talked about it, or, or you know, maybe to kind of give more of the background, Jamie and I met basically as a result of toxic fandom. Um, basically, like I, I knew Jamie um, from alien message boards, you know, pre- prior to the formation of Building Better Worlds and, and my being on this podcast, and we'd interacted a little bit. But I reached out to him for the first time specifically because I felt like there was uh, a lot of sort of one-sided toxicity around some of the prequel films going on. Not just from Jamie, I'm not putting this on you, but from a lot of voices within fandom. And I was trying to express the fact that I think that there were other voices that perhaps if they were heard might help to make the conversation a little more nuanced and a little bit more fair to different parts of fandom. So – but but that's that was coming out of a moment where I was having a ton of fights with people, mm-hmm. you know, daily about mm-hmm. about various things, especially because of Covenant. Um, and in the context of this conversation that we're going to have today, we're going to talk about many things other than Covenant, although I'm sure that will come up. But before we really get into it, I just want to just put out there that part of why I am now, you know, we're like brothers. Part of why we have this relationship is because it was forged in the fire of working through genuine toxicity, not mm-hmm. towards each other, but towards this fandom that we love more than any other one, you know, and I, I feel like it was a really interesting way to um, be introduced. Absolutely. And uh, I, a, a great lesson that I've learned and something that we've discussed is ownership. A lot of us feel like because we love certain things, we feel like we own it in our own way. Not that we own the property, but that we have an emotional stake in Alien Covenant or Alien 3, like I love and you love too. Um, and when we hear... When we hear criticism, we take it personally, as opposed to, no, it's not personal. They don't 
um, this isn't about you. They just don't like it or they have a different opinion. And what's happening that I'm seeing is people are taking these personal. They're taking, I didn't like this Star Wars movie and I didn't like this character and I'm angry and I'm mad and I'm going to make everybody let everyone know. As opposed to, hey, it didn't resonate with me. I'm moving on, and, th and this is why. And I thought it could be better, but, you know, we're all here together. And I really feel like fandom right. has, has, for me, fandom has been an oasis. It's been a place for me to come and find unity and family, which I really have found, and to engage with the community, to share, to enrich the community. And it's not a place that I felt like I'm here to get what I can get, um, or I'm here to mm -hmm. badger my point home. But I've fallen into that before, absolutely. As have I, as you know better than anybody. I, I have been, been very pig-headed with my opinions in the past and, and had a lot of fights with people that I regret because I feel like I wasn't actually listening to where they were coming from. So part of what we want to talk about today, I think, is where we are coming from and where some of this animosity or some of this hypersensitivity might be coming from and how there are valid underpinnings for it. So like the actual the, – the disease is valid. There is hurt, you know, and there is a sense of disenfranchisement in a lot of in a lot of fans. But what's happening is the symptoms are the problem, right? It's what you do with that sense of disenfranchisement or what you do with that sense of displacement that I think can determine things. Mm -hmm. um, I guess before we get into the bulk of the episode, I, I wanted to share some sort of uh, some some toxic fandom examples that I've come across through the years that I feel like we don't really talk about. Because, you know, when you and I talk about this, as we have on the show before, we talk a lot about, obviously, Alien, but also about Star Wars, because mm -hmm. that's a really visible one, and it's one we're going to unpack today. Mm -hmm. But um, you remember the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce thing? I, yes, yes. Do you remember this? Yeah, not... Fully, yeah, but what I do the remember. hell was that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like that was like it, it was this like this McDonald's promotion with Szechuan sauce for an animated cartoon, which is a really nice cartoon. Like I'm not, I don't have anything against Brick and Morty, but the the degree of actual physical violence that erupted by people like pushing themselves, push, pushing each other out of McDonald's to get this like condiment, I was like, what? What? It, it was an early indicator for me that something was sort of off in fandoms mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. So um, that was one that I, I feel like really stuck out. Are there any when you when you think back into toxic fandom, like are there any things that were kind of like warning signs for you, or, or things that before the Star Wars eruption or the Covenant eruption you saw coming? Well, I I have to actually reference again Star Wars, and these were the prequels, and this is uh, George Lucas saying, "Why would I make more movies when all I am is beat up for what the films that I've made?" Or Natalie Portman not wanting anything to do with Star Wars because she felt like she couldn't get work because people criticized her so heavily for her acting. Um, Jake Lloyd having a meltdown, burning all of the Star Wars toys as a child because he was ridiculed for... And I think people have a short memory. This What's going on right now, uh, and of course I know we're going to talk about Covenant and we're going to talk about uh, what happened there, but uh, certainly with Rosemary... Wait, 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 her name's not Rose... Kel what's her name? Her first name? Marie something Marie Tran. What's her first who, name? Who are you talking about? Rose from Star Wars. Oh, Kelly Marie Tran. Kelly Marie Tran. I called or, her Rose yeah, Marie yeah, Tran. Yeah, right, right. But it's Kelly. Um, <laughs> uh, what's happening with her right now really has been a catalyst for even worse things. And a lot of things that's happening with her is racially motivated. It's gender motivated. It's people don't understand something, so they ridicule it, which is, I think, something that we need to address. Because you don't understand something, because maybe you don't like something or you don't relate to it, it doesn't mean it's bad. And it doesn't mean it's a threat to you. It just means that there's not a connection. It means that uh, you don't uh, you, you don't relate to it as much. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think we, we're in this place where I don't like it. And I'm going to want to make sure everyone knows that I don't like it. And you shouldn't like it right. either. And you're stupid for liking it. And to be honest with you... I have fallen into that. Maybe not the you're stupid for liking it, but like maybe I'm a little smarter for you than you. Yeah, you like this. So, and that's come out of my attitude sometimes, and I'm not it and part of that is I don't understand why someone doesn't see something that I think is maybe ridiculous, why they don't see it as ridiculous too. I'm like, how does how do you not see that that chestburster is ridiculous? But they really don't, and that's okay. And I can walk away from that. And say, you know what, that doesn't make them lesser than, or less fans, or whatever, because I don't understand why they like something that I, I find is ridiculous. And it doesn't mean... Right, because... because Go ahead. Well, because what's at the heart of that is is that we're seeing different things. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And I, I think that's something that gets lost in the conversation a lot is that we're looking at the same picture and taking different things away from it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what's what's interesting in life is that we assume people are seeing the things that we're seeing in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like we take for granted, and I'm, I'm not going to go into the mind-body problem, but we take it for granted, for example, that what I see is red, you see is red, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, like there, there are things that are easy to assume that everybody's seeing the same way. But when one person sees, you know, one film and another person sees the one film, and even though they have very similar backgrounds and similar aptitudes and similar proclivities and similar interests, they're looking at the same thing and taking something very different from it. Now, I do think there's a valid argument in there that there is something to be said for ambivalence and for art deliberately sort of being a Rorschach test a little bit, that when you look at it, you can take something very personal away from it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Covenant is a perfect Rorschach test, but I'm saying that when I watch Covenant, I am so focused on the things that come across as brilliant to me that ridiculous might not register as ridiculous to me because I, I, I'm not concentrating on that because I'm looking at other things that you might also be missing because you're fixated on the ridiculousness in your mind of other things that have gone by. And, and I feel like we can flip that around and there are plenty of things that you like that I think are ridiculous as well. And I think that's like kind of the, the point with films is that we all have different opinions about them. But what's weird is that in the digital era, in like this, the internet 2.0 era where everybody has a platform and everybody has the ability to aggregate around things. It becomes so easy and so quick to find people with a likewise opinion, and then to assume that that means that you're validated, or to mean, or, or that, to assume that it means that your viewpoint is universally relevant, um, which is not always the case. One thing that I've discovered, um, again, and really this is born out of my relationship with you. Really, I think I have always been big on fandom, but my viewpoint with fandom has for a long time been, yeah, I'm excited about this, but what can I get out of it? Um, as opposed to what can I bring to it? And that sounds kind of cheesy. It sounds kind of PC, but I really think the answer, and there's a lot going on in the world today. There is a lot of division going on in the world today. And part of my, um, concern about what's happening in fandom is that it's my last oasis. Um, I don't have a, a physical community out here where I live. I don't really have any friends out here, so my online community is the fan community. And when that has gone toxic, what else is there? Like, there's toxicity in politics, and uh, in, in almost in every, in every kind of area of life, there's so much going on. Like, if fandom is exploding, what else? You know, and I, I feel like we have the power as fans to make this a really great place and to really, I think. And this, again, this might sound cheesy, but the answer really is unity. And that's something that I've discovered. And really, my bond with you came through the idea that we can be different and we can be similar. We are similar people. We are very similar people, even though we have some differing viewpoints on some fundamental things. You know, most of the films you and I love, uh, except for a couple. I don't like Godzilla. I don't like... uh, (laughs) uh, I mean, even the odd thing is, even though my, my, my love or my... Um, how I look at Alien Covenant is coming around. Like I was, I saw a clip from something the other day. I'm like, man, I gotta watch that movie. And mm. I'm like, whoa, I, you know, like, and it's not because I'm changing my mind. I think when you let yourself be open to a different viewpoint, when you say, you know what, I'm gonna love my friends and my fans more than I love my opinion on what they believe. I'm gonna love the fans and who I'm related or who, who I relate to in fandom more than I love my opinion on this film. That's the thing that I think is important. How right. important is your opinion? Is, you, is your opinion so important that we're going to drive off these, these stars who have put their lives into making these films for us? How important is your opinion? Is your, import, is your opinion in, so important that you're, it's going to toxify everything? Is that a word? Toxify? I think it's a word. It, it, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I was at that place with Covenant and we've discussed this on episodes before where I felt where I really was kind of woken up to this this level of toxicity that I was bringing into fandom where yes I had some valid concerns and there's same things I was I had valid issues with in that film but I was letting the, my distaste and disdain for those things pull everything down where it was like I don't like this I don't like that and it's stupid and someone would say well I loved Covenant well I thought that was stupid and 
that's something I'm training myself on too. Like I'll scroll down and maybe I'll see something someone have posted on social media and I'll like start writing a, a contrary opinion. And I'm thinking, why do I need to write a contrary opinion? What do, do I, <laughs> I need, do that too? You know, I, I, I like write half of it. And I'm like, ah, oh, me too. Like, me too. not going to accomplish anything. Yeah. Like, just let them have this. Yeah. And the question yeah. is, how are we, how, how are our actions bringing us together? And again, I know right. that sounds very love and peace and hippie and whatever, but I really think, that's what we need. You it know? Is. There's nothing wrong with that. That's like the revolution. Unity is the revolution. And we can, and unity doesn't mean we agree on everything. Unity doesn't mean that we love all the same things. Unity means your opinion can exist with mine and we can still go arm in arm to the movie theater or arm in arm um, and sit down and discuss a, a film that we might disagree on and get up from that conversation or get up from that film and uh, say, you know what? I don't agree, but I love you, man. Have a great, have a great night or or you know, see you later, Sarah, or whoever, or you know, our, our brothers and or sisters, just, or just I, res- or just that I respect you. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. Like I, I don't see it the way that you see it, but I validate the way that you see it because of of who you are mm-hmm. and what you're looking for. Absolutely. And that's totally valid. And I'm not going to try to take it away from you. Like my example with this is Prometheus, because from I, I when I saw Prometheus, I was a little bit heartbroken. I kind of actually. From Alien fandom for a while, because I just wasn't really. It, it, I was sort of like a little bit upset with the direction the franchise was going. Was going in. I wasn't hating on it online, but I kind of just retreated for a while. So I, I know what that hurt is like, you know. But I also know, and I've told you this, and I tell all the other people affiliated with the podcast this, that like a, an actual goal of mine is to love Prometheus. Like I want to love Prometheus, and I, I I ask people what they like about it. I look for those things. I, I'm trying to rewatch it as much as I can, but it hurts to rewatch it. Yeah. Just like I know for you, watching Covenant is a painful experience sometimes yeah. because there are things in it that are anathema to what you hold mm-hmm. sacred. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I watch Prometheus, there are things in it that really actually hurt me physically. Like I feel really, really pained by mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but I, I'm trying to fight through it because I want to see in it what people that I respect see in it. And because I really think that like that is sort of the goal of fandom, you know, Mm -hmm. like these movies exist, like they've already, they're already out there. They're not going to retract these movies. Mm -hmm. So you can either complain about it or you can try to find the good in it so that it won't be physically painful for you for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. Like, like, and then, and then the case of Requiem, for example, just briefly, like AVP Requiem is something that I hate so deeply that I'm, I, I actually don't care about getting to a better place with it yeah. like I, I just think it's an invalid work and yeah. and and i and that particular viewpoint is echoed by basically everybody that i interact with yeah. so that's one where i'm like you know what i'm if somebody told me they loved requiem i would say like i'm so glad you like requiem that's awesome i'm mm-hmm. glad there's somebody who likes it but mm-hmm. I, I don't actually want to talk about it because mm-hmm. i don't have the interest in it mm-hmm. but like go for it i'm not going to take yeah. that away from you yeah. right so there are things like that too i'm not saying that we have to love everything but the things that that we hate I think it's important to question if there's room for growth there. And if there's not to be like, okay, I'm just going to forget about that. I'm not going to, this is not my life. This is, this is this work of art that I'm appreciating. And I can separate myself enough to realize that this is not necessarily governing my own existence. Mm -hmm. And I I think what should be noted too, is that, well, first of all, I don't want people to think that we are on here as like, okay, we want to teach everybody something. We're just speaking from our heart, and we're speaking from some, uh, from an experience of seeing some intense negativity happening that's affecting everything and everyone. Um, and some yeah. of that, I think, comes from a couple of things. Number one, the way movies are made are very different now. Um, the way movies are made, like for instance, let's talk about Star Wars for a minute, but also a lot of other films um, or franchises. Star Wars is made by a system. Star Wars is made by a corporation. There are people in place to to kind of watch over it, like Kathleen Kennedy, like um, Dave Filoni, who did uh, the Rebels, um, which was for I think the Cartoon Network. Um, there's different kind of. Games. No, it's for uh, for Di- Disney XD. I think. Oh, that's right. You're right. That was, Cartoon yeah. Network was before. That was Clone Wars. Which is which is a fucking great channel. Oh, I just totally, say. totally. <laughs> like like we we put it on for the boys, but I'm like like they're asleep and I'm still like watching. Fuck, they got some great cartoons in the yeah, channel. So totally, totally. And so, big up Disney. You can sponsor us. I think that there's something. <laughs> I think that there's something that has to be really validated with people who because what what we're also at is we're at a place where corporations have taken over these franchises that we love and they're moving them in a different direction and for some they're like okay we're cool with it for others we're like 
this isn't the this isn't the Star Wars I remember. This isn't the alien that I remember. Um, even uh, I'll talk about uh, my love for the Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal was born out of Jim Henson's deep love and desire to tell a very interesting, very different, very familiar story. And he and Frank Oz, who was his co-director on The Dark Crystal, um, which is my all-time favorite film. All that stuff is Dark Crystal stuff behind you, except for the Ghost in the Shell poster. <laughs> um, uh, and he made this incredible film that's uh, almost like Blade Runner, where it's it's very um, underappreciated. It's got a kind of a cult following. Jim Henson passed away in 1990, and his adult children took over the Henson Company, and they've been running it. And now we're at a place where Netflix, partnered with the Henson Company, is doing a Dark Crystal series. None of the original people who worked on that ser- on the film is working on the new series, except for Brian Froud, the conceptual mm-hmm. designer, and I think his son and Wendy Froud, who was a uh, who was a who was the like a puppet fashioner, a, a builder to some degree. Uh, I don't I won't go on about this too long, but what I'm trying to say is is that. There's a corporate system in place making this series for Netflix. It's not the the vision of one man anymore. It's the vision of several people. The way movies are made these days are through committees, through many, many different things. And it's changing fundamentally how these movies are, how these movies feel. Um, they're not from the mind of, of George Lucas. They're not from the mind of, or maybe inspired by Joseph Campbell or, 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 um, a Steven Spielberg from 1970. They're very, very different films. A lot of them are very successful. Some of them not, but there's a clear shift in the direction they're going. Some of them feel different. And I feel like people are trying to kind of clamor and say, what's happening? Something's happening. What's happening with this product that I love? I mean, even for me and where I am and with the Alien series, I won't watch Prometheus with the sound on. Um, I, I just, I can't take the the dialogue, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, it's the dialogue is laughable. There's some great moments in there, though. At the same time, I think that Prometheus is a more beautiful film than Covenant. And I've gone on, I've said this before, but I feel like Covenant has better ideas and better acting and some better dialogue in some parts than, than Prometheus. Um, but in large part, my struggle has been connecting with two alien films. And I'm like, where's the series that I love? Where's that? Where is... Where, where is, what is this? What am I watching? And I have to kind of come to terms with that. And it doesn't mean what I see is bad or good. It just is what it is. But you can see Covenant and see something very different. So I think that I just, I'm saying all this to say there is a valid argument or a valid discussion. Where are these films going? Who are they made by? And are they changing? And do we have to go with that change? But at the same time, give everyone a space to be able to talk about that and uh, hear them without saying, well, fuck you, I love this movie, and I don't know what's your problem, or mm-hmm. I can't believe you love that piece of garbage. What's your problem? You're stupid. Um, and that's where we're right. at right now. And uh, I think unity is really what's going to save us. Unity is what this is about. Unity is what makes fandom amazing. Engagement, I, you know, and I was talking about, and I'll, I'll acquiesce to you in a minute, but uh, I was thinking about fandom, and I was thinking about people like um, Aaron Percival, who is... Uh, he's essentially the the face of AVP Galaxy, Alien versus Predator, Alien versus Predator Galaxy dot net. There's a Facebook page. They do have their podcast shows once every couple of months or, or whatever. Um, really amazing guy. Um, I I'm doing perfect good friend or- of ours. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm doing perfect organism in part because of who he is and what he has been doing. I did a lot of research and talking with him before I I started the the podcast. Um, but what I love about Aaron is that Aaron isn't out for himself. Aaron engages uh, other groups and pages. Um, he'll go on and he'll post and he'll talk and he'll say, this is what I'm doing. I just got this model kit. This is a great picture. This is what's happening here. And at Perfect Organism, we don't talk too much about Predator because that's not our thing. But we realize and, and support and uphold and respect what Aaron has done. Um, and to me, that's what makes fandom special, that you're not just in this for yourself. You're not just in this for your own opinion and what you love. You're here to kind of validate everyone, even people you disagree with or you people you maybe they love Alien Resurrection and you don't or I don't or whatever. And for me, that's what uh, that's why I am here. That's why I feel like you and I are doing Perfect Organism to share our love with other people or to offer a, a, a discussion about something maybe people wouldn't think about. So I think the challenge 
in Phantom is that we have to do something that basically, as you said earlier, no other element of society is successful at right now, which is having different opinions but being really um, humane about it and really accepting and respectful about it. I feel like there, there, there may have been a time in politics when it was like that. It's certainly not like that now. There may have been a time in world affairs where it was like that. It's obviously not like that anymore. Um, we've all gone through this thing, over, especially since 2016, and not only in the U.S., but as a result of, of events, especially in the United Kingdom and elsewhere. We've gone through this thing where we have been – everybody knows somebody who they can't really talk to anymore, right? Everybody has had that moment where they've had to defriend somebody because it's been so toxified, as you said, that you can't even have an, a real conversation anymore. That you know that if you say anything that's even slightly political, that it will just be leapt upon. And I have, I, I mean, members of my own family, not not, not you know, of my, at least my wife's side of the family, who I have um, had to talk to and been like, you can't keep attacking me on every post that I do. Like this is getting seriously like awkward, you know. Um, I think we've all we've all had moments like that, and it, that is not to say that I didn't necessarily deserve to be called out for things, <laughs> but I feel like the reality is, is that now everything we do it takes place in a very contentious environment, mm -hmm. and an environment where people are not listening the way that we once were. And I say we, meaning me. I'm not listening the way that I used to listen. When I see a bumper sticker on a car uh, affiliated with a certain political figure that I I, I really genuinely hate. I get very angry about it, and I and I feel this weird impulse to like slash their tires, which I won't do. But I I I assume all these things about this person just because they support something that I feel is antithetical to what I think is a, a is hum, humanity. You know, mm -hmm. one second. If somebody has a certain opinion that is is different from mine, that is uh, that hits me in a certain way. I assume so many things about that person, and I just like you said, I assume that they must be an idiot. You know, and not only an idiot, but a bellicose idiot like somebody that I want nothing to do with in my life. And uh, and part of my journey these last couple of years has really been stopping doing that and not and not just quieting that impulse, but being aware of it and analyzing it and being like, I am making assumptions about this person that are not fair to them. So a quick example is when, when they rebooted Ghostbusters, um, there was like this explosion of toxicity, right, over the all-female casting over it especially Leslie Jones. Remember, she had to shut down her Twitter account, and there was all of this very, very racial stuff coming out, and it was it, it was sort of early on the scale of these toxic explosions that we've been talking about. This is, like, I guess three years ago now. Um, but it was so public and so visible and so terrible, you know? And so when that happened, I really assumed that the people who were doing that were um, – were were basically regressive, ultra conservative, you know, people who were doing it because they were women, right? Or because she was black. And I was assuming that about them. I'm sure that there were some people who were doing it because of that. But what I think was actually going on for a lot of people is that they felt like something that was important to them from their childhood was being forcibly renovated to fit a PC world culture when it didn't need to be because it was doing a disservice to actual feminism in their opinion because it was forcing it. And so like, so there are things that, that I found myself doing that are so fucked up. Like for example, I was taking screenshots of people who didn't like covenant of, of things that they were saying, diatribes that they were having online. And I was like showing it to people that I was, you know, in cahoots with as like evidence that people who didn't like covenant were not necessarily dumber, but less, you know, um, less educated. Mm -hmm. I'll be totally honest. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's super fucked up. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm like really deeply ashamed by. For one thing, because people who don't like Covenant, <laughs> there's no correlation with education there. Mm -hmm. And even if there were, that's not something to fucking attack people for. But that's beside the point because there's not. But also because it was it was a complete moment of appealing to my lizard brain base instincts. And like you said, fandom... It's supposed to be a place where that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a place where you can be as much of a fucking nerd as you want to be with people who will really accept you for that, people who will really love you for that. And we, we, we are losing that. We're in danger of losing that in the fandom right now. What I want, one thing I wanted to address is 
when we and this isn't and this is something that I've learned. This is a lesson that I've learned, and I I remind myself of every day. When I see someone post an opinion um, that I don't agree with, I don't need to all the time say, "Well, I don't agree with," or "I don't like it." Um, and this there's this contrarian spirit, and I've had it. I, I see it all over the internet. A, a posting of an opinion is not an attack on our own. It's just an opinion, and uh, I. You know, there's this thing that we'd like to do at work uh, where we assume positive intent and uh, we create these groups and these spaces so that we can share our opinions and share our insights. Because what if someone, what if you don't like this movie, but someone else loves it and they say, hey, I like this movie because of this, this and this. And you're like, wow, I never thought about that. That's the beauty of fandom. Um, Or, hey, did you know that they made this movie doing this such and such thing on that such and such thing? I'd be like, oh, my God, I never knew. Like. We just did an interview with Odd Studio and um, Creatures Inc. I think that's the the the, uh, the name of the other studio. Yeah. And uh, again, I've never I haven't been this huge fan of Covenant, but I'm learning things. Talking to those guys made me appreciate the film more. The hard work that they put into it, the work they put into the puppets and the practical effects that were seen in the film. Um, and if I'm if I was gonna shut down any like if I was like no I fuck that film I hate it I wouldn't have done that that odd studio interview, I just wouldn't have cared. And being available to differing opinions makes us better people. If we want to live in a world where everyone agrees with us, what fun is that? What fun is fandom where everyone agrees? Um, Right. But the thing, the thing is, is that we have to find the fun in that again, because I think that's what we're losing. Cause like, it's not like we've ever all agreed, right? Like people have, since the first movie came out, we've all been arguing about shit. But what? But it, we used to have genuine fun doing that, and now something has been turning where we're taking it in a different way. So, so actually, before we close this out, I thought it might be fun to sort of analyze our own psychological responses to this shit. So, like, so I was trying to think like why, when I get toxic, when I get mean, or when I get defensive, like what what is actually going on in my head? Mm-hmm. And I really think it's because, and again, this is like a moment where we're being very honest on this episode because it's a difficult topic. I think it's because I'm afraid that I will, that um, that other people will jump onto a bandwagon that will then go too quickly for me to uh, have any control over or input on, and that what I want to see happen will be more difficult to realize because there will be a buildup of negativity around these prequel. So like just fundamentally, I, I don't, I, I'm again, I'm not like a prequel person necessarily. I really like covenant. I don't like Prometheus, but I do think that it, it would be very useful to have that trilogy, which I think it should be trilogy rounded out and link it up so that we don't always have this weird kind of aborted, thing that just sort of happened and then we just skip ahead in time and all of a sudden 1979 happens um so like so that so that's where i'm coming from um and when i see people saying things against covenant in a public way especially if they're doing it in a really vitriolic way or if they're just doing it in a really intelligent way i feel like i have to say something or else people will be swayed, which is stupid because that's not the way that this works. And we all know that, but being completely honest in my head, when I see a comment like that, that's what I'm going through. So what, what about you? When, when you see somebody saying something or when or going back specifically to covenant, when you saw somebody saying something pro covenant at back when we were more of a bifurcated fandom and we were more fighty about it, what were you thinking? Well, part of me was thinking, um, do they not see that this is a shadow of, alien that this is a pale shadow and compared to this film like do they not see that the dialogue is nowhere near that these characters are nowhere and for me it's like it's, it was this thing like or or are they settling oh cool creatures and that was like my disconnect like because my mind couldn't understand it I rejected it like Maybe it's something deeper than that. Maybe they're seeing something in it that's affecting them personally. You know, there's something... Alien 3 affects me deeply personally. It's a deeply personal film for me. And some people just throw that... Oh, fuck Alien 3. You know? Done. They killed Newt. Newt. They killed Hicks. Who gives a shit? And for me, when I hear stuff like that, it's like... Oh, but it's Ripley. It's like her last journey. It's, it's, it's her last kind of grasp. She's lost everything. Can you not see that? Can you not see that she's lost everything? And so I want to have them understand that. So I get it. I get it. Like, I... 
but I have that same type of reaction, or I had that same type of reaction with Covenant. Um, and again, going back to that that uh, that statement of just because someone's asserting their opinion is not assault on mine. Uh, just because someone loves a film doesn't mean I have to love it. Or just someone just because someone doesn't love a film that I love doesn't mean that that film is bad. It just means that they don't like it. That's it. One point I wanted to make was the idea of ownership. And I think all of us in the Alien fandom and Star Wars and, and many of the films that we grew up with from the 80s, like The Goonies or Ghostbusters, there's this sense of ownership, like never-ending story. And all of those films and The Dark Crystal, we feel like because they're such an emotional part of us, when people criticize something about them or maybe a, a sequel or something that's been made, we take it personally. We feel like it's an attack on us because we have such an emotional connection. And I think that that's part of it. That's part of it. People feel an, an emotional, it's an emotional attack on us, but it isn't, it isn't. And it's, but it feels like it, it and does, it, 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 it does feel like that. And, and I know we've both been in situations where it's felt like that. Well, and, and I think sometimes like so fucking bad. Yeah. And I think because sometimes people make it personal, like, well, what the fuck's wrong with you? You're stupid. And you know, I, I have to be honest. There are groups, and it has been in my groups, and has been in other groups, where factions were were set. We hate this. We love this. It's been in Marvel. It's been certainly in Star Wars. I hate The Last Jedi. I love The Last Jedi. I hate Solo or whatever. Like, there's these this toxicity, this these sides where because we don't like something means no one else should like it. Because we love something, we well if you don't love it, what's wrong with you? As a, again. Going back, pivoting back to it does. There's nothing wrong with you if you don't like something. And really, it's being bigger people. It's 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 coming to this place where like you know what, we can we can climb over this hill. This isn't this isn't the end all. Like we're gonna close social media for the day and we're gonna go and maybe we'll watch a movie or we'll maybe we'll go to sleep or we'll hang out with our spouse or our family and we probably won't think. But then we'll get back on social media and look to see who's who's making comments about things that we love. Um, and I get that it is personal, but we have to m make it not personal. And uh, that's, to me, that's that's been an important thing. And I think really, again, to pivot back to my relationship with you, that's how we bonded, was that, hey, I understand. Oh, I understand. You know, as opposed to... And you were like the first person that I really listened to, I think, in a really honest way about not liking Covenant. I think talking to you, especially on episode 59, the first time I came on the show... That's a it's an important moment, not just in my fandom, but in my actual life, Jamie, honestly, mm -hmm. because it was one of the first times I like had a little bit of a breakthrough. And I was like, you know what? Like, you're not the shit like you don't know everything. <laughs> this person has a valid opinion and it is not your opinion. And you should listen to him and be very honest and open. And and it's funny because you, you you've not made me like Covenant any less. And if anything, talking about it has made me love it more. But I now have a more human understanding of people who had issues with it, and, and it's a more nuanced thing. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a breakthrough for me personally. I think I, I learned it was a moment where I kind of learned to listen. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like we, if if there is a way forward, it's what we're doing now. Yeah, um, it's having conversations like this out in the open, and it's being really clear that you can have differing opinions, and you can still love each other and respect each other, and you can still learn from each other. And, and I think what's great about a podcast or, you know, this live television presentation we have going right now, <laughs> I think what's great about what we're doing is it's making that conversation open for other people so they can hear, they can hear people working through it, you know? Yeah. They can hear us having differences of opinion, which is part of why on the previous, I guess, two episodes ago now about Covenant, um, we kept all of the kind of weird, angry stuff in there, especially for me was because I think it was we thought it was important to do that because we should show that like it, things can get out of hand and people can get really impassioned about stuff and um, sort of the idea is that it's okay it's okay to move past that that mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you hate each other you know mm -hmm. um, so I just feel like that's really a really important thing I agree and uh, sort of in closing I just wanted to mention this one thing I remembered what I was going to say earlier box office is is impacted by what people are saying online period end of story solo did not do as well because there was grumbling online from the last jedi there was a lot of negative sentiment for star wars in the air 
I'm not a huge fan of Solo. I've, saw, I've seen it twice. The second time I enjoyed it more. And I'm, this isn't a conversation about what Solo is or isn't. But what I'm saying is, and also I would even say that Alien Covenant, uh, the fa- the loud voice of, we don't like this movie, this movie is shit, or whatever, that loud voice affected box office. People start seeing that online. People see all those comments posted under the alien, the official Alien page. That will affect and has affected how much those films do. Um, what we say affects the box office. And, uh, you know, again, with Solo and post-Last Jedi, Star Wars brand has taken a hit. A lot of people didn't like The Last Jedi, and because of that, a lot of those general audience people, based off what they've seen on social media, didn't go to Solo in droves. And that movie essentially underperformed, and it was essentially a box office flop for a Star Wars film. I mean, I think it's the first Star Wars film in history not to make the money that it made in the first weekend or whatever. Um, yeah, right. It didn't recoup its, its budget. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, our, our voices matter. Our voices really, really do matter. And I think if we if we want to see better films or or more films, um, and I'm not saying, oh, we everyone has to love it, so go and see it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about what you don't like. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that our, our voices matter and what we say matters. Right. Our negativity or positivity matters. And uh, I, I think that's something to be thinking about. And again, I, I apologize to anyone if it sounds like I'm preaching or we're preaching. That's not the intent. I just wanted to really address what's been affecting our fandom as alien fans. Um, I mean, we have groups devoted to like the prequel paradise, which is a great group, but it's, it was created because they felt like they didn't have a voice anywhere else. They felt like they couldn't talk about um, the prequels in other groups because they were laughed at or stupefied or made it, made a joke of or demeaned. And this was in things that I've done um, and, uh, and other groups or in other people. And uh, that's a sad place to be when people feel like I have to, I have to go somewhere else. But at the same time, I think this, this is both sides of the coin too. We, we can't, you can't criticize something and become that same thing too. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, it that works on both sides of the. You can't. People aren't stupid for not liking it, and they're not stupid for liking it. Right. We have to be able but, to but coexist. See, there's this there's this emergent paradox in what you're saying that I think is kind of at the heart of what's wrong with us all right now, which is that our voices do matter because mm-hmm. they do, mm-hmm. but that that also means that it, it's riskier to try cinema that might be divisive, mm-hmm. especially at a mass market level, and that's happening in a context, as you said in the beginning of the show, of fewer auteur driven projects, right? Of fewer things that are really from the mind of Jim Henson kind of projects, right? Mm-hmm. So. You have this the system happening where fandom is being heard, and because of that, studios are saying, "Oh, we don't want to take a risk on something that might be divergent from what is established or what people are expecting because they might not turn out to see it." And then because of that, they're not saying, "Oh, go ahead and let's do, you know, let's do, uh, you know, another incredibly ambitious sci-fi feature like like this, like that." That's why a movie like Brazil isn't going to happen right now, you know. Like we're not going to see like Terry Gilliam in the '80s movies mm-hmm. happening in a, in a wide release format like they used to be because that's not the market we have now, and because it's so easy for scorn to be heaped on different things. Yes, like Last Jedi. Which you and I both love the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. We both know people who really don't. And I think what's interesting is that um, like it was a movie that took chances. Like it, from the very beginning of the film, and throws the lightsaber behind him. Like that is that is a very distinct moment where they are saying, where Ryan Johnson is saying. Like fuck canon, or not fuck canon, but fuck expectations. Like, yeah. like this is a new slate. This is a new era. And say what you will. I know you, you have issues with Kathleen Kennedy. I can I can understand those issues. I don't necessarily agree, but I I, I get it. Um, I think that to to go in the face of fandom like that very overtly early on can strike people. It, it it does something very specific. It strikes you right in the heart, right? And if you're on board with it, then you take it as a moment of bravery and you say, oh man, like show me what you got. Like show me something new. And if you don't like it, you say like, well, why are you hurting me? Why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Here's the, the the last thing I want to say briefly, because I know this is something we both can, can relate to, is that we all of these movies that are being made now that are these franchise that are these re, revisits of things from the 80s basically it, like these these things that happened between like 1975 and 1992 you know all of these these reboots that are just popping up constantly including the Disney Star Wars film Cobra Kai yeah which yeah. which which in my eye yeah in, in my mind they're all part of a of, of sort of a of a whole 
um, you know, whether that be Predator, whether that be Alien, whether it be Star Wars, whether it be Ghostbusters, whether it be, I mean, you name it, like literally everything. Um, those, the people that are attacking those movies belligerently on message boards and on Reddit and on forums and on Facebook and on Twitter, those people are not 60. Those people were not adults when those movies came out, right? Mm -hmm. Those people were children when mm -hmm. those movies came out. If that, mm -hmm. Star Wars came out seven years before I was born, mm -hmm. you know? I was introduced to it as like an old movie that I was just obsessed with um, and that I'm still obsessed with. To me, there's something in that, in that loss of magic. And I know Mike, our, our co-host, um, said something to this effect as well. There is something about the fact that we will never be able to regain that again. Mm -hmm. Like we will never be. So like when we're watching something like Alien Covenant, there's no chance that our reaction to it will be the same as the first time we saw Aliens because we are older. We are dis we are, you know, uh, we are semi-depressive adults mm -hmm. living in a complicated world system and knowing the ins and outs of the Hollywood studio system and knowing the rigors of money and the invisible hand of the movie market and knowing audience expectation and advertising budgets and knowing all the shit about what works and what doesn't work. And you've been to film school and you know what scripts are good. And, and I've seen a billion movies and I know what I like and what I don't like. We're not seven years old again. You know, we're not kids in the uh, struck by the wonder of an impossibility made life on screen of a new story with new characters and a new environment that we have no idea what to do with. We're adults who grew up with these things that we loved. And those things that we loved are being revisited by people who also grew up with those things that we loved. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there's a, there's a loss of ownership. No matter what you want to do, no matter what you, no matter you love it or you hate it, there's a loss there. There's a loss of that sacrosanct internal experience of seeing magic for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that will never come back. And we can hunt for it and we can chase it. And it's just like a fucking drug. It will get, it will have, it will yield fewer and fewer returns and it will eat away at us more and more the more it goes on. Mm -hmm. And I, I really feel like we have to be okay with that as, as, as fan communities. And if part of that means completely abandoning new films, then abandon the, abandon those new films, you know, unite around that and don't necessarily hype vitriol and, uh, and anger, you know, on the studios for doing what they're doing because it doesn't accomplish very much other than making them lose money. Like find people who really love alien resurrection and talk with them about it, you know, double down on that. Like find people who appreciate the things that you appreciate and enjoy that together, mm -hmm. but don't necessarily, don't necessarily try to rob the new experiences from people who might get a lot out of them from young people watching it for the first time today or from from audiences who might be more predisposed to be okay with change um realize that there are that fandom is is a multi-varied thing that there are layers within fandom there are there are strata and that you can you can you can love this part of it and hate this part of it and that's mm -hmm. okay because you can still you're still part of fandom you're still a real fan quote totally. unquote totally. you're still a valid person with a viewpoint and there are other people inhabiting those various strata as well it's a fucking rainbow find yeah. somebody on your other waveform and go for it you yeah. know and really i i, I mean and probably in closing I'm here to have a good time. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to kind of relish this wonderful alien fandom that I belong to, the Star Wars fandom that I belong to, the Blade Runner fandom that you and I belong to, and we're kind of the center of it in some ways, at least on social media right now, in terms of the podcast and the interviews that we've we've done. Um, and uh, I was I've been thinking about this for a while. I'm here to build everyone up. I really am. Like I'm here to find out what. We know what, what separates us, what unites us, what do we love? What do we love about this? Why are we here? Let's, let's talk yeah. about why are we are here. And we know you probably have negative opinions or uh, differing opinions, and we can talk about those, but let's talk about what brings us together. Because yeah. for instance, in Blade Runner, most people, most of the fans loved 2049. There are some people who didn't, they don't want to talk about it. They don't think whatever. Um, but our strength comes from our unity. Our strength comes from um, feeling be, feeling like, hey, no, they've got my back. They've got my back. Yeah, yeah, they don't agree, but man, they're they're awesome. They're an awesome person, and they've contributed a lot, or they've engaged a lot, and they have a great perspective. And there are people that you've met, whether it's Dan from Shoulder of Orion, who we met, and we don't all agree on the same things. Or we, he's very different. He's similar to us, but he's different. He has different opinions. But we can celebrate that. 
We need to be in yeah. a place where we're celebrating different opinions. Um, because we're and not a... gatekeeping, because that's something else. Yes. It is, is that this gatekeeping emerges all the time, and I fucking hate it. Yeah. And that's something that I, I personally, and I think you too, speaking for you, will try to counteract as much totally. as we can. And I, I've like, been if, there. if I hear somebody shooting somebody down for having an opinion, they're being like, oh, that means you're not a real fan. Or like, oh, like, just because you're 20, 20 years old, like, you can't really have a history with Star Wars. Like, fuck that. Yeah. That's yeah. gatekeeping, yeah. and that's not going to help anybody yeah. with anything. And I, so. I, I have been guilty of that in the past, but now these days, I've, oh. been, I've been seeing this certainly in the in the realm of Star Wars, where true fans do this, and I'm like, fuck that true fans business. There's no yeah. such thing as a true fan. Why are you a true fan? Because you love everything, and I'm not because I have a more nuanced opinion. Says who? Who makes these rules? Let's do away with the rules. We can love what we love. We can not like what we not like, and we can still be all part of the same fandom. And I think. Uh, some of this too, uh, and this is kind of my last point, engage. Engaging with fandom. Engaging with people who don't agree with you. Like, echoing what you just said. Um, and the best leaders of fandom that I've seen, the people who I respect the most, whether that's someone like Charles Lippincott, who was um, a present for the first Star Wars, he worked on Alien, um, Everyone has all these types of fans. He has very different, differing opinions, um, but he kind of allows everything, and he engages with everyone. That, to me, is a leader of fandom. Aaron Percival is a leader of fandom. He might not agree, but uh, those are the people who are consistently engaging, and I feel like that's what's going to make it for us. That's what's going to do yeah. it for us, is to uh, engage with people we don't believe or we don't agree with all the time. And I, that's, that's the world I want to live in, and that's the world I want to help foster to be inclusive and to focus on love and respect and to know that we're here because we love something and that at the end of the day, that's what matters ultimately. Totally. Well, thanks. love you, man. I love you guys for watching. Yeah, this, seriously. Thanks for watching everybody. And, thanks, uh, guys. and uh, we will be back with another video episode at some point soon. Thanks. For more on this and our other projects, please visit www.perfectorganism.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, find us on our closed Facebook group, Building Better Worlds. To support the show, please consider visiting www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. We've got some great perks available. And as always, please consider rating, reviewing, and sharing the show. We can't tell you how much your support means to us but we can hopefully show you by continuing to provide better, more ambitious, and more dynamic content for years to come.